0: Your host, Josh Appleman, founder and CEO of Appleman Properties. We're joined today by Arn Sandella, a highly experienced real estate broker and investor with over 44 years of industry experience. Arn started his career at his family's residential and investment brokerage firm in Menlo Park, California, in 1978, where he built a successful career as a broker and investor. In 2020, he founded Spark Investment Group and currently manages over 818 units worth over $92 million as a general partner and sponsor. Arm's moved to Greenville, South Carolina in 2014. Arm, we're excited to have you here with us today. If you could, let the audience know a little bit more about yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, Josh. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to meet with you and your listeners. Um, Yeah. So I got a master's degree in chemistry, but never did anything with it. And, uh, Ended up going back to California to Silicon Valley and went to work for my dad and his residential brokerage business. Um, Sold real estate there for 35 years, started investing, built up a single family portfolio, made a life transition, moved to Greenville, South Carolina, and uh, we're very happy here. Uh, And then about 2020, right about the time COVID hit, uh, I started to transition to multifamily and that's what I do now. And we can, you know, explore that more as we get into the talk.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like we were talking uh, uh, earlier before uh, before we got on here, it's it's incredible how you made the transition from single family to multifamily and, and the amount of units that you've accumulated um, over the past three years. Um, what made you want to get into multifamily? What was that? Uh, what was the defining moment?
1: Yeah, uh, so I had a couple defining moments. One was a phone call with a young investor friend of mine here in Greenville who had started syndicating maybe back 2018 and 19. And he said, hey, Arn, you should get into multifamily. So he turned me on to a couple podcasts. I started consuming information and education. Um and so something new intrigued to, you know, was intriguing to me. Also, what I do is I keep track of my personal financial statement, my schedule of real estate owned, and every quarter kind of take a look at that. Uh, and also at tax time when you kind of add everything up. So I'd kind of do a study that would be basically cash return on, the equity I had in my single-family investments. And while the single-family investments did great, in terms of increasing in value and so forth, it turned out I was probably only getting about a 2% to 3% return on the equity I had built up in those single-family properties. And now at the age of 68, I'm kind of a little bit more interested in cash flow. So it made sense for me to transition that equity to multifamily, start getting 6 7 8% cash-on-cash cash returns. And then the other part of it is, With multifamily, you get to partner with people who have skills and abilities you do not or I do not, right? I'm good at a few things that I do, but I'm lacking in other areas or not the best. And so by moving to multifamily, you can put together a team, typically three or four people who all bring a different skill set. And combined, put in that team, it really kind of forms a rock solid team. So it maximizes my abilities, but allows me to leverage other people's ability for the greater good for the team, for the investment and our investors.
0: Awesome. And, and that's a very high performing team that, that uh, you're able to put together, too. It's uh, everyone is a pillar to the uh, to the investment. Um, Awesome. Uh, what do you think sets your experience and expertise apart from other real estate brokers and investors in the industry?
1: Well, just that I'm still here and I'm still doing it. So uh, I've been through several economic cycles. Uh, I I paid eleven and three quarters percent on my first home mortgage. So when interest rates go to six, six and a half, I don't lose my mind. To me, that's normal, right? Uh I've been through Black Monday, I've been through the SNL crisis, the dot com boom, the dot com bust, the great recession. So I've been through numerous cycles. Was fortunate to sell real estate in the Bay Area, but I also invested elsewhere in the country. So I would say my unique value proposition, if you want to say it that way, is just some longevity. In the real estate industry, with broad-based experience in various areas. Nice, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and you've got the knowing the broker side and the investor side. That's a uh, that's a very unique caliber. You get what what they're needing and what motivates them, and you're also bringing in your investor side. And, and it's a balance. If everyone walks away from the table with a win, high five and let's go let's go celebrate.
1: uh... Yeah. and, And for me, early on, when I went to work for my dad, he said, the brokerage is great to create income. But the key to financial freedom, security, wealth is to invest that income. So I found kind of the brokerage generating the income that then allowed me to put the capital to work in real estate. And that's really where you win the game at the end of the day is by investing those dollars. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: It's um, just kind of knowing where your money's at. If you put $100,000 out there in a piece of property, it's not in your account, but you know exactly where it's at. It's a peace of mind as well. Yes, Um, How do you select which multifamily properties to invest in and uh, and what factors do you consider?
1: Well, for me, uh, I'm located in Greenville, South Carolina, which is the northwest part of the state. And so for me, local knowledge is extremely important. So I think if you're going to be a good investor you need to kind of know the lay of the land in your markets and have kind of a intimate knowledge of what's going on in those communities, uh, what's happening with the market in terms of rent and sale values. And I think also as you get embedded in various markets, you can pick up on what submarkets are going to trend well, and you can see that the path to future growth is there. And I, I would give the example like you could look on a map in your market and this location could be Primo A1. You could go a mile away and it could be a whole different type market. Unless you have that local market knowledge, you might not really Uh, understand that. So for me, I invest primarily in the upstate area of South Carolina, where I know what's going on, I can go buy my properties on a regular basis. And for me, that's a real key. If I'm going to ask folks to invest money with me, their hard earned capital, I have to have a high degree of confidence that I know the market and I know that the business plan is practical and you know able to be enacted uh so that confidence about the local market's really important
0: yeah no that that's that's huge that's um, and, and knowing the path of progress you could buy something that that might be uh, looked distressed on the outside but they don't know that a huge employment driver is coming into the area or Uh,
1: things on that that, because you're right it's it could be street by street in some cases very much so and you know neighborhoods where you start seeing flippers move in and they're flipping homes there might be a little retail strip and all of a sudden a a real hip coffee shop goes in and then you know a cool little brew pub or restaurant if you can kind of get ahead of that curve that's where you can really make some good investments the way the other way i say it is invest in areas before they become front page news because by the time they're front page news now you got all sorts of competition
0: yeah and and that's kind of like looking at the the hot markets to to go in like the basically texas houston it's almost it's unattractive to even look at those areas because you know that the herd's already there it's uh you're buying on a future value that's not there yet, and giving away essentially your equity.
1: And a lot of competition, yeah. and um, you have to find the right pond to kind of swim in. I've done very well, but of course, there are multifamily operators that knock down hundred billion dollar deals every other month. That. That's not where my business is. It's not where I really want to be. So you have to kind of find your niche where you can compete and that, you know, the market.
0: Yeah. Are you are you focused on a primary, secondary or tertiary markets?
1: Well, I would say Greenville is probably a tertiary market. It's midway between Charlotte and Atlanta on the I-85 corridor, 90 miles from one, 120 from another. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity in these tertiary markets. You do have population growth coming. And I'd say the other thing, if you can find some of these smaller markets on a major interstate freeway between larger markets you know the growth is eventually going to follow that interstate corridor or whatever it is so good logistical location on transportation but a little bit smaller area i think that's the f- most fruitful place to look
0: yeah totally totally agree and there's um there could be some huge winners in tertiary markets as well even um, if you've got hospitals and the proximity and uh different uh, different good
1: uh, and the rents are a little bit more affordable and we also know affordability so i like to kind of keep my rents ideally i kind of like um 11 12 13 1400 you know that's just a good solid rent level hard working people good tenants not the luxury type apartment but then maybe not some of the issues that you get with much lower income tenancy and so forth. So I think that's kind of a sweet spot at least for me in the Greenville market. Now of course prices are different in different markets, but relatively that's where I'd like to be. Yeah.
0: I you're still in workforce housing, you're providing it uh, affordable housing, workforce housing, so it's um it's sustainable. It's um it
1: works. Lots um, of demand.
0: Yeah, are you working side by side with a property management company as an operator and asset manager, or are you? Do you have in-house property yeah,
1: management? Uh, that's a great question, and uh, effectively, it's in-house. Effectively, you could say we're vertically integrated. Technically, we are not, uh, and let me explain. My primary partner here in Greenville is a guy named Brian Wall. She owns Progressive Properties of Greenville. Uh, we both raise capital. Uh, we both look for deals. He handles the operational side, where I probably spend more time bird-dogging the deals, dealing with the attorneys and the financing and the investor relations. So, We're vertically integrated in that the property manager, Brian, is an integral member of the general partnership. We're equal partners. I have my area of responsibility. He has his and we each have dominion over our area. And I have found it to be a really good model because. Brian has his investors in the deal. He has more commitment to that deal and the operation of the property than your typically prop than your yeah. typical property manager. And I'm not being critical. It's just he's part owner of that property. So he really has a vested interest in to get it to perform. So he handles everything from the renovations, the leasing, and the whole bit. So I turn that over to him. That's not what I'm good at, and I'm happy I got a great partner to handle it.
0: Yeah, and that that's definitely vertically integrated, and there is an an alignment of interest, one hundred percent based on experience. The expenses are are maintained; they're groomed; they're they're they're. They're red flagged if they don't look uh, appropriate or look inflated, uh, just by having that level of control in house and that, uh, um, that alignment of interest. We've had, um, you, you go through experiences in real estate and you learn from them and having, uh, relying on third party property management, uh, to make the best decision, financial decisions for the property that, that you're essentially, you own is, uh, uh, it's not all there.
1: (laughs) Yes. And the other thing is, there's just that one more layer of communication you have to go through. And it just adds a little bit of delay to getting things done. So we really like the model we've developed, and it works for us. Uh, And that's not to criticize third party property management at all there are excellent third party property managers but i i feel having it all in house works better yeah i totally agree
0: uh, how do you balance the needs and goals of your investors with your own investment strategies and decisions
1: uh i i would say for me the investors come first and so You know, the decisions we make are for the benefit of the property as a whole and therefore our investors. And the way I look at it is if we operate this asset professionally, efficiently, effectively, and create value, create good returns for our investors we will be amply compensated for our efforts. So uh, there's never a conflict in my mind. Uh, If we do good for the investors, we're doing good for ourselves. And I would add to bring the tenants into the picture, you treat the tenants right. You create an environment, a place to live that they like. That makes that property, better run, more efficient, less costly. So doing right by your tenants also ends up doing right by your investors. That's, that's
0: perfect. And um, yeah, everyone meets uh, reaches their goals together. Correct. That's, uh, that's huge. Can you give an example of a particularly challenging investment decision you face in multifamily real estate industry and how have you navigated it?
1: Well, you know, right now, it's a pretty tough market to find some deals. Uh, So that's been frustrating. Uh, But you have to maintain discipline. Uh, You know, it's fun to buy stuff. It's fun to get in the action. But you also have to be disciplined. Um, And I can, uh, one of the first properties I bought, uh, the broker brought it to me post-star report indicated the units were 727 square feet. So we do a walkthrough and I go to my partner, Brian. There's no way these units are 727 square feet. So I go, hey, next time we come back, bring a tape measure. So I brought a tape measure, t- measured them, and they were only 610 square feet. Oh, wow. So now my brain's exploding And I kind of got a little perturbed. And I told the broker, hey, look, we're buying 14% less square footage. I want a price reduction. They basically told me, go pound sand. And in talking to my partner, Brian, he goes, hey, look, these apartments work. They got a nice floor plan. They're perfect one-bedroom apartments. They work. The rooms are fine. So I had to kind of work through that where initially it was a very negative feeling. And it wasn't because the broker misled me. Sometimes co-stars wrong, and you just have to get to know that. Uh, So anyway, Brian talked me off the ledge, and it's turned out to be one of our best acquisitions. So that was a learning experience.
0: Oh, and that's that's a pretty good nugget for um, uh, beginner investors out there as well, is double-check the information that's provided. That's um, because that does... Change things all the way down the the line as far as even performing the metrics, the uh, the rent per square foot. I mean, that's uh, that's huge. Yes, and and that's something that I can I can say that I do not I have not double checked as a square footage of the units. So that's uh, that's definitely something I'm taking away and and applying. And yeah, it's it's,
1: it's kind of old school, but it it works. <laughs> well, yeah, and and whether
0: it makes a difference or not on the deal, at, at least you'd have the accurate information on on your side when you when you purchase the property. Um, uh, how haven't seen the multifamily real estate market evolving in the next few years and how do you plan to adapt to these changes?
1: Yeah, another great question. That's the $64 million question everybody's thinking about. Um, I've always been a long-term investor. As smart as I am, quote unquote, as experienced as I am, I don't believe I can really time the market. Uh, so, I have a long-term investing philosophy. And if you buy good assets, properly leverage them. And right now, I would say 60 65% LTV is probably a good place to be. Properly leverage them. Try to get fixed rate debt. Have ample cash reserves. And you can get a good property in a good location. I'm a buyer even today, even though I know possibly the value of that property could be a little bit less than six months. See, but I don't care. What I'm looking at is what's the value five years from now? What's the value seven years from now? And I think if investors can kind of take that long-term perspective use the current market to be able to buy quality assets in maybe a little less competitive environment, still look at the numbers, but have confidence in the American economy, the U.S. economy, housing demand, housing affordability. Uh, Anybody who's looked at real estate over the last 40 years realized the long-term trend is up. And as long as you go about it properly with leverage and cash reserves, you're going to win. So that's the approach I would take, even though the next 12 to 18 months may be a little choppy. But I'm not going to sit and miss a good property just because it's going to be a little tenuous the first six to 12 months. Yeah,
0: that's great. And long term strategy is is that you can't bounce in and out on multifamily, at least not uh, not like residential single family.
1: Well, for, for, you know, in, in 2020, 2019, 2021, people could bounce in and out. Yeah, that's and, and, and that's the other thing, I think. Um, the true operators, the true professionals, the people who actually know what they're doing, running these assets, they have a competitive advantage today against other less experienced, less Qualified operators that maybe have been bailed out the last year or two by the phenomenal market. So, uh, you know, the the cream will rise to the top, but you're going to have to actually know what you're doing to, to 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 make it a good investment in this kind of market.
0: Yeah, I think that's where the business operators, the, the guys who know how to manage the expenses and manage teams and uh, and lead the path through. Uh, the economic environments will prevail for sure. It's uh, awesome, yeah. awesome. We uh, it was a true pleasure having you on today. We could probably talk for hours, We're just going on and on. Um, if a listener wants to get a hold of you, just has more questions about Spark Capital, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Sure so I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn either as Arn Senadella or Spark Investment Group and the website is investwithspark.com so reach out as you can tell Josh and I love talking real estate so we're always happy to to share and learn from people we talk to so uh even though of all the decades I've been in the business, I'm still considering learning and I'm a newbie in multifamily and looking forward to learn more as I go. Awesome. And we'll yeah. have
0: your contact information while we post the um, the podcast out there so that people can uh, can have reference as well. And uh, true pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we'll talk soon and appreciate your time.
1: I appreciate you. Thanks, Josh, right, man. Yes, sir. Thank Thanks you again.
0: Bye.